Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. With 321 shows and a stable of former players and local media personalities, check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saba, the most electrifying voice in sports information, and with me, as always... What up, what up? It's me, it's me, it's Lukey C, a.k.a. the Dog Pound Don, mm-hmm. repping the Odell Beckham today. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to do our 2020 NFL preview. This is an exciting time for us. We, we enjoy this episode. This is probably our, our favorite episode. episode. Yeah, yep. it's our favorite episode to do every year. We get a lot of traction on it. The NFL is less than a week away. College football's back. The NBA, MLB. And NHL, they're all in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Let's give an update on where we are at with our betting. So are we are one in one, right? Look, look, I'm one in one. I gave the pick last week. I gave the pick the first week. I'll take it. I liked the Raptors last week and uh, and missed. Well, we're a team, so we win together and we lose together. I'm not going to let you go down that way. So I like it. I like so it. So last, what 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 pick did you not hit on last week? I missed on game two. I took uh, Raptors, I believe it was minus one, over the Celtics. One and, and a half, I think it was. One and a half. And didn't hit. So we're yeah. one and one. Making up for it today, though. So who do you like this week? I am actually going to make an, a pick, too. I'm going to start making picks because I do bet NFL. So who do you like this week? So right off the bat, it's opening week, Thursday night. Two of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league. I like the over on Kansas City and Houston this week, minus 110 on betonline.ag. That is my free money pick this week, the over 54. My free money pick is a team that I am starting to slowly but surely become infatuated with, and that's the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills minus six and a half against the New York Jets. I think the Jets are going to be really bad this year. Buffalo's got a good defense, probably going to be a low-scoring game, but I like them minus six and a half. So take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there's always the online casino. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And with that... We will get into our 2020 NFL preview. Before we do that, though, got to say congratulations to one half of the team, one half of the boys, brand new baby girl, Tess, born on Monday. So I have not met her yet. Uh, We are looking forward to that. But congratulations to the dog pound down himself, Luke and his wife, Bridget. We're very happy for you guys. Thank you, sir. Mom and baby are doing well. Mama's a rock star. Baby's a rock star. Little Tess is ready to rock. That's awesome. So let's talk some football. So let's get into right away the teams that we thought had the best offseason. Who do you like? And tell us why. Uh, we kind of, kind of already talked about the, the drafts, um, so I'm not going to really harp too much on that. But one team that uh, 
when I was doing this exercise, when I went back and liked, was Miami. They had 11 draft picks. We already, ta- like I said, we already touched on that. And they drafted what uh, they're hoping is their, their franchise QB, Atua. But on defense, they also added Shaq Lawson, who had 40 total pressures last year for Buffalo. Byron Jones, who was the best cornerback on the free agency market, um, had his best season of his career. Emmanuel Ogba, former Brown, former Chief. He was on his way to uh, having his best season of his career last year before he was hurt in, uh, I believe it was week 10. And then, of course, you know, with Brian Flores, any former Patriots coach, you have your obligatory former Patriots. Signed um, a Landon Roberts, part-time player, but it was big on special teams. I think he actually caught a touchdown too last year from, from Brady. No one knows him better than Flores if he thinks he's good or good to go. And then Kyle Van Noy, who uh, is 30, but uh, he did have 60 pressures and eight sacks last year. Had a great year last year uh, getting after the quarterback. On offense, they traded picks for Matt Breida and um, running back from, from San Francisco. And uh, just yesterday on cutdown day, they traded for Lynn Bowden from uh, Oakland, who drafted him with a third or fourth round pick, and they sent the same compensation back for him. Quarterback uh, from Kentucky. Yeah, actually, they had him playing converted quarterback. They had him playing running back, and I think Miami plans to use him as a wide receiver, but okay. a versatile player there. So just to give you, you know, those are just modern chess pieces there with Breed out of the backfield and Bowden. You can move them all over the place. And I already mentioned the potential franchise quarterback. So I like what Miami did. How about you? I just want to say one thing about Miami. And I've probably said this before on this podcast, but when you watched Miami last year, even though they were a terrible football team, they had that sort of Patriot way ingrained in their DNA where they never really quit. That's what they won all those games down the stretch. I like that team, man. I think that you're going to see that team with some improvements, some veteran leadership, a little bit of stability at the quarterback position with Fitzpatrick stepping into Tua. I think you're going to see that team. Look, they ain't going to the playoffs, but I I think you're going to see some, some real improvement. So for me, the team, two teams that I thought had the best offseason, number one, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Starting with the trade of DeAndre Hopkins, I think anytime you, you get arguably top two, top three guy at his position in the NFL, there is significant improvement. In free agency, they brought on Jordan Phillips and uh, Trevon Coley. Why I think that's important, two really strong rotational interior defensive linemen guys to help with that run of the San Francisco 49ers. If you're going to stop the 49ers, it's going to start with the run and really forcing Garoppolo to, to throw. So that, to me, is an indicator of what they're trying to do there. And then the draft, you know, I know we talked about it, but Isaiah Simmons in the first round, Josh Jones in the second round, the offensive tackle from Houston, I think he's a guy that there's a lot of value there getting him in the second round. They're going to shore up that offensive line for Kyler. Another one that I thought was a really interesting late round pick that I'm pretty sure we didn't talk about in our draft special was Eno Benjamin, the running back from Arizona State. To get a guy like that who was projected as probably a mid-round pick, you get him as a flyer in the seventh round, hometown kid, you know, he's from Arizona. So I think it's interesting. I really like what Arizona did. And then my other team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, look, I, I think it's undeniable for anybody to say especially on the heels of what happened this week for them to not be considered the team that had the best offseason they got Tom Brady uh look it's not peak Tom Brady but he's still Tom Brady if anything he's a culture guy it's an upgrade over the the former guy they had at at that position he's a locker room guy I, I look I've talked at nauseam about Tom Brady I love him Leonard Fournette to bring a guy like that in Former first-round draft pick, top five draft pick. I can't remember where he went, but... Fourth overall. Fourth overall. 
that's a huge addition for them. And then you'll look, Gronk, I don't really love the Gronk trade in a vacuum, but when you start to look at, okay, now we got three guys at that position. We got O.J. Howard, who had a little bit of a down year last year. I think he's got something to prove. You got Cam Bray, you got Gronk. I think that that's a position for them that when you add a guy like him, it gets significantly stronger. They drafted Tristan Ward, sure up that offensive line. They drafted Antoine Winfield. They drafted Tyler Johnson in the fifth round. So I really like what Tampa Bay did. Yeah, I mean, a lot of weapons. Their defense is going to be really good. They got, a, you know, they, they held on to a lot of guys. I think they still got Sue. Uh, you know, they, they got some strength at the linebacker position. I really like what Tampa Bay has done. Flip side of that, there's teams that do things and it leaves you scratching your head. Who are the teams that have you scratching your head right now, just in terms of what they've done in the offseason and then potentially just kind of where you see that team and the franchise going moving forward? Yeah, well, one of those was, um, I have a couple here, but uh, that was the Raiders. I talked about the draft recap that I did like their draft, maybe not the value, but the haul that they got. Uh, one guy we already mentioned was um, Lynn Bowden, they, they drafted him in the third or fourth round and already traded him. But they signed two other guys, Prince of Mukamara and Demarius Randall, and then cut them before you know we even get to the season. You got to do what you got to do, but at least they admitted the mistake, but it's just kind of head scratching. And then just a host of guys that don't really make much sense to me. Jason Witten, Nelson Aguilar, Theo Riddick, who was hurt, didn't even play football last year. The Mariota contract is whatever, but you're going to give competition to Derek Carr. I get it. I he don't think it. that... Yeah, I don't think that Gruden loves him, but I know that he loves Mariota. And then they overpaid for a guy like Carl Nassib, three years, $25 million, who I like, but that's just, that's a lot. Jeff Garcia said it best about Gruden. Gruden doesn't marry a quarterback, he dates him. I remember at one point when he was in Tampa Bay, he had like seven quarterbacks on the roster. Of yeah. Seven out of the 53 were quarterbacks. So <laughs> that Mariota thing isn't really a surprise to me. This one's pretty obvious. It's the Bears. <laughs> uh, Yo, man. Not just moves, but... To, to make the trade for Nick Foles with, for one, to make that trade with Cam sitting there, Cam Newton, just available in free agency. You can go out and sign him for whatever you want. And then to compound that mistake by naming Trubisky the starter this week. That Jimmy Graham deal is insane. Two, two years, 16 million with no trade clause. Signed to Sean Gibson, who's, you know, he, he, he just hasn't looked good. Let Ha Ha go. It's just that I just don't really understand what they're doing. I know Ha got cut. Got a couple yeah. of Dallas. That's surprising. Yeah, I saw that one too, but um, I'd still rather have him over to Sean Gibson. Last year, you know, Negi was psychotic about, after the double doink in the playoffs the year before, psychotic about going and finding a kicker. And it just feels like he just focuses in on one thing and he went to get this quarterback. And that's fine. If you're going to go and get Foles, I don't think it's the best move, but you went and did it. Now have the balls to stick with it and play the guy. Name him the starter. I understand it's easier to go from Trubisky to Foles than it is to go from Foles back to Trubisky. So maybe we see Foles starting, you know, week three, four, you know, sooner rather than later. But just you made the trade. Just just go with it. Just, you know, stick with it. What you have? As fans of, of a franchise that often does dysfunctional things and leaves your scratching your head, the Trubisky, naming Trubisky the starter this week feels very – Patrick Mahomes just got a huge contract and we tr- and we drafted Mitch Trubisky instead of Patrick Mahomes and we're too proud to admit that we made a mistake. That Trubisky naming feels very sort of political. We don't want to admit that we dropped the ball on this one. 
not just Mahomes, uh, Deshaun Watson signed sure. a big deal. Sure. You know, but, class. but I think when you look at it, Mahomes is most closely tied directly to the Trubisky thing because they, they traded up, right, to get Trubisky. So, mm-hmm. and they could have got Pat Mahomes. And I have friends that are Bears fans. And, you know, I told him, I said, look, look at the bright side. I mean, you just saved $500 million. So, I mean, <laughs> silver linings on the cloud. I got two teams as well that I think have left me scratching my head. And it's not necessarily a negative in terms of, how I think they're going to perform this year. I want to make sure that we're not correlating this. I'm scratching my head to I think they're going to be bad this year. I think some of the things that these two teams have done are pretty surprising to me. The first one's the Packers. The amount of time Aaron Rodgers has is the window is closing. He's closer to the end than he is at the beginning. And to go QB running back tight end in the first three rounds, uh, no wide receivers in, in free agency or the draft. Funches is out. They're going to have to really rely on Lazard and MVS to step up and do some things. I'm just really surprised organizationally that they aren't aware enough to realize while Devontae Adams is a great football player, he's a really great football player. He's probably top five or not, not probably. I think he's top five or six at his position. You can't do it with just one guy. And the more you devalue the, the other guys in that position group, the easier it is for teams to roll coverage and do those things. So to me, that, that's a major head-scratcher. And then Houston, I talked about the reason why the Cardinals, number one reason why I thought the Cardinals had the best offseason is because of DeAndre Hopkins. For Houston to trade, excuse me, for Bill O'Brien to mm-hmm. trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson is – Unconscionable. Nuts. <laughs> it is unfathomable what the thought process is there. And to be honest with you, I don't really think he's ever gone on record and kind of talked about why he did it. They've kept it in-house. Now, look, maybe DeAndre Hopkins was unhappy. Maybe he was going to leave anyways. There's some stuff floating around that uh, that relationship wasn't great. David Bye. Johnson's the best thing you can get. Well, Bill O'Brien wasn't the most respectful of, of DeAndre Hopkins. but uh, Shocking. You know, that's just they got a they got DeAndre in a third, right? Yeah, I think, it, I think it was a third. But you know, again, I, I talked about look, this is a passing league. If anybody knows it, it's it's Luke. I'm in love with running backs. I love running backs. Luke does not like running backs, and he's always sort of actually I would go next step to say Luke dislikes running backs. That's not true. But he's pounding some things into my head over time, just sort of submitting me. When you look at Houston's wide receiving group. You got Will Fuller, you got uh, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills. It's like a bunch of second and well, Fuller's a two. The rest of those guys are threes, right? In my opinion, Brandon Cooks, I don't know. You could probably make the cook that Brandon Cooks is a number two as well, but he is, but you know, with the injuries. It reads to me like a wave, like a fantasy football waiver wire wet dream. You know what I mean? Like these are guys that you just you're, you're scrambling to pick up on the waiver wire. So they turned a position of strength and into a position of weakness, in my opinion. I still like them in the same way that I still like the Packers, but it's very puzzling to me. I'm not going to go as far as to say that I like Bill O'Brien. I think from an X's nose perspective, I think he gets the most out of his offense, but. He seems like a very sort of dictator-esque in, in a way that where Belichick is, is a dictator, right? I, I still feel like most of the time the players like him because they win. 
right? Mm-hmm. You don't have that in Houston, right? They're not winning. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about the direction of that organization. So we'll see. Now that we talked about the offseason, we talked about the teams that had the best offseason, we talked about the teams that have us scratching our heads a little bit, let's start talking about production on the football field. Let's talk about the teams, team or teams, that you think is going to make the biggest jump from last year, from, 20, from the 2019 season to the 2020 season? Right now, a popular, couple popular ones that I faded for this section, but I wanted to mention them. If you look on Twitter, your favorite sports websites, Detroit and Arizona, they're just two that I, I think they're fine. I don't think they're making huge jumps. Um, I haven't read that. That's interesting. Yeah, but Detroit and Arizona seem to be the two popular ones. I went kind of a different way. Uh, I think that these teams are going to make big jumps, but not not necessarily in the win column. So I'll start with Dallas. They won eight games last year. Okay, their their Vegas over-under is 10. I got them projected at 11 and 5, so only three wins. But that's a big jump for a team that was borderline playoff last year. They have the third easiest strength of schedule based on last year's win percentage, according to CBS. Uh, Their toughest home games are Pittsburgh and San Francisco, and that's it. Their toughest road games are Seattle, Week 3, Minnesota, and Baltimore. So I just see a pretty big jump for Dallas, but uh, my team that I have picked for the biggest jump is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like that. Eight wins last year, same as Dallas. Vegas over-under is 9.5, and and as soon as I was done doing this research, I hammered that over. I got them predicted at 12-4 or 13-3 this year. They had the second-easiest schedule. According to CBS, their toughest road games, Tennessee, Baltimore. They do play Dallas on the road and Buffalo. And then at home, the home, the home schedule is pretty weak. Uh, they got Philly coming week five and Baltimore week 12. And then Indy possibly pushing for a playoff spot in week 16. But last year, they had the third overall DVOA defense, uh, number three versus the pass and number four versus the rush. They didn't lose anybody. They lost Artie Burns. That's it. So they got everybody coming back from one of the most statistically the strongest defenses in the league. And they had the 31st ranked offense by DVOA. And that's with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. They're getting Ben back and they have a week seven bye. So it's right in the middle of the, the season. I love when teams get that week seven bye, breaks up their season nicely. I got Pittsburgh at the biggest jump, either going 12 and four, 13 and three. Who do you like to jump? For me, I'm a little hurt because. I did not read those articles that you referenced, and I I picked the Lions. (laughs) I picked them. Well, I I think it has more to do with the Lions went three and twelve last year, right? And that was Uh, one thing that stuck out. You know, I think I think was their over under six and a half. I think in Vegas it was, but I I like them as sort of an eight and eight team, seven and nine, eight and eight team. So for me, if if they improve by five or six wins, just by default, right? they, They become that team. And like I said, I did it a little bit different where, you know, I didn't do it based on just straight wins. I did it by those are two teams that missed the playoffs. I think they're going to be, you know, possibly higher seeds. I also like Dallas. You talked about Dallas. They went eight and eight last year. I see them as an 11 and five team. Washington's not going to be great. I think the Giants are going to be better. But again, they're still not going to be great. We know how you feel about Philly. You know how I feel about Philadelphia. So I I think for Dallas to go 11 and five isn't isn't that far outside of the realm of possibilities so I have them with a three-win improvement and then the other team I already talked about them is Tampa Tampa went seven and nine last year I see them as a 10 or 11 win team possibly we'll see they obviously have a huge challenge right out of the gate next week with with New Orleans a division game so 
we'll see a lot right there on the trajectory of, of where that team can go. But I like what they've done. So I see them as the other team that potentially could make the biggest jump this year. Obviously, when you have teams going up, you also have teams that are regressing and coming back down. What do you think are going to be the teams that regress the most? I did do this one a little bit on a, on a straight wins basis. Um, the first one I'll mention is Jacksonville. And they're on a full-on tank for Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like praying that he decides to go back to Clemson so they can't get him. But 6-10 uh, and 10 last year, their Vegas over-under is 4.5. I think that's wildly optimistic for that squad they do have a decent offense i just i mean they just they've traded everybody and this is a team that was in the 2017 afc championship game with a 10.4th quarter lead on new england in new england that feels like decades ago at this point so yeah they're six six and i I got them winning two games I, i mean i don't even know if they get there the second one i have is uh san francisco 13 wins last year Vegas has them at 10 and a half. I got them at nine and seven. They got the fourth toughest schedule coming in. Their toughest road games are uh, New England, Seattle, New Orleans. Let me, just, let me just read you this. This is a brutal stretch of eight consecutive weeks. I'm just going to read them off uh, right in a row. They get the Rams at home, at New England, at Seattle, Green Bay at home, at New Orleans, by, at the Rams, and then at home versus Buffalo. That's right in the middle. That's starting week six, eight straight weeks of that stretch. Then they finish at home versus Washington, and they have two tough road games at Dallas and at Arizona, who we talked about might be pushing for a playoff spot right there. And then, uh, you know, they finish up with Seattle. It is at home, but their wide receivers are banged up. It looks, it looks good for Debo Samuel right now, like he might, get, he might be able to come back. But it's just, uh, you know, to lose in the Super Bowl, you get that little bit of a hangover. I think – they're still really good football team. I just, I just have them coming back from what they were last year. I have San Francisco as well. You said it. They went 13-3 and three last year. I see them. I'm a little higher on them than you are. I didn't dig as deeply into their schedule as you did. I see them as a 10-6 and six team. I think ultimately Seattle's a better football team this year than they were last year, and Arizona's a better football team this year than they were last year. The Rams may take a little bit of a step back, but I think those two teams are better. And when you just have a, a tougher division, it makes your life a little bit easier, or excuse me, a little bit harder, i.e. the New England Patriots. For years, their division was chalk it up for five wins a year, right? So mm-hmm. that, that makes your, the rest of your schedule just look a little bit different when you can count on five or six wins a year out of your division. So I have Seattle, or excuse me, San Francisco as my first team. And my second team, I'm going Baltimore. And I think it's just, not that I don't think Baltimore's a good team, but they went 14-2 and two last year. The entire division is better. Cincinnati's better. Pittsburgh's better. The Browns are better. So I see them as a 11-5, and 12-4 team, probably closer to 11-5. and five, But, you know, I think they're going to regress two or three wins. So the Browns did beat them last year. They were one of those two losses. If you the funny lose, thing is, I don't disagree with your take at all, but I could probably make the case that they're a better football team, which is wild. I don't know. We'll see. There's more tape on Lamar Jackson. So. That's true. So we'll see. You know, those gimmicks, those, those, the Wildcat didn't last very long. You know what I mean? <laughs> My God. So let's get into the <laughs> – Now that we've pissed everybody off, let's get into the fun stuff and pick some – No, we, winners. me, me. Talk <laughs> at me. 
at Mr. Sabretooth, holler at your boy. If you, 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 I feel very strongly about Lamar Jackson and Carson Wentz, so you can come at me if you want to. I'm, I, My I'm hands built, are washed of that wildcat talk with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I'm, built, I'm built for this. So let's talk division winners and wildcard picks. Let's start with the AFC. Just do your division winners first. Okay, the division winners in no order. I got Indy winning the South. Um, <clears throat> Houston's going to be right there. Tennessee's going to be right there, but I, I'm, I'm going with Indy. I think Phillip Rivers got one last run in them. I like the way that they play football. I'm going with New England. They got the toughest schedule in the league, but uh, I just – I like Cam there. It looks like they're going good. He's named captain. Do have a lot of opt-outs, but Belichick just finds a way to win games like this um, in, in seasons, especially in seasons like this. And Kansas City got to win in the West, and I'm taking Pittsburgh to win the North. Interesting. Who do you, who do you got? The team that you think went fourteen and two and could be a better football team this year. In hey, I said I, I said I did not. I said I did not disagree that, that okay. they they could come back from fourteen and two. You were just doing the devil's advocate routine, which I'm okay with that. So yeah. the East, I have New England. It's a culture. You, you talked about the guys opting out. Their culture is the reason why these guys are able to opt out. When you got three championship rings, it's a lot easier to say, hey, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead and take a year off than when you're still, you know, scratching and crawling to get your first one. So I got New England in the West. I got Kansas City in the North. I got Baltimore in the South. I have Houston. I like Houston. I love Deshaun Watson. I think that their offense is going to be good enough. Their defense is going to be good enough. That's a weak division. I think Tennessee was a little bit of fool's gold last year. Kind of came on late. We will see, but I like Houston. Who do you have as your wild cards in the AFC? So in the wild card spot, I have, as we just talked about, Baltimore is going to be one of those wild mm -hmm. card teams. You know, you mentioned that they're going to win 11 or 12 games. Uh, maybe even, maybe even they could win 13 maybe and not even win the division. I did go with Tennessee. I don't necessarily disagree with your fool's gold analogy there. Tannehill played as the most efficient quarterback in the league, and then I think it was nine starts that he had, and, and he got paid for it. But, you know, I do think that they, they went nine and seven. But the thing is, is they're not going to have those games with Mariota running there at the first half. So I think they're hanging right around that same nine and seven, maybe get to 10 wins. Big pickup today. They uh, signed Jadavian Clowney. Meh. With the, with the last, so, so that just leaves me with three teams here. I wanted to talk about all three teams I think that have a legit, have a legit shot at this seventh seed. That's Cleveland, Buffalo, and Houston. And uh, I decided to go with Cleveland. Mm. Um, I decided to go with Cleveland. Here, here's a little reasoning. Buffalo's got the fifth hardest schedule in the league, and three of their last five are on the road, including at San Francisco, at Denver, and at New England. And then Houston has just an absolute brutal start to the season. They start at Kansas City versus Baltimore at Pittsburgh and then versus Minnesota. So I went and looked at a little bit, and I've talked about it. I tweet about it every year. Teams you, start, you tweet about a lot, so I'd, <laughs> I'd have to go back and sort through. Since 1990, teams that start 0-2, 12% of them make the playoffs. Yeah. And 0-3 is like the kiss of death, right? Like Teams per start 0-3, 2% make the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. So I think there's a real strong chance that they start out 0-3, maybe even 0-4. It's just What if they win on tough. Thursday? If they win on Thursday, they obviously aren't going to start 0-2 or 0-3. Right. So. I'm just saying, if they, I think if they win on Thursday, that changes a lot of people's perceptions of that football sure. team. Sure. I, I agree. I, I don't think they're going to. They're a 9 and No, neither point. do I. Neither do I. I'm <laughs> but, just saying. Hey, I like it. I like it. But um, eighth toughest schedule there for Houston. Cleveland has the, uh, the fourth easiest schedule. 
I just kind of went with Cleveland by default. Um, you, you know what my feelings are on Cleveland. I think they're going to be eight and seven with Pittsburgh coming to town. Hopefully Pittsburgh has the division wrapped up at that point and uh, we get to that nine and seven. Sorry, Cleveland gets that nine and seven and gets in. Who do you got for your wild cards? I have Pittsburgh. I feel very similar to you with Pittsburgh. I think they get 10, 11 wins. So I see them as the wild card. And then the other team is, is my sweetheart team. I love Josh Allen. For some reason, I just keep falling more in love with Josh Allen. I, I think I'm more in love with the idea of Josh Allen than I am actually with him. But I love what Buffalo has done. They went to the playoffs last year. They lost a close game to Houston there. They bring in Diggs. They've shored up their running game a little bit. I just, their wide receiving core, I really like, you know, like the Cole Beasley thing, John Brown, Diggs. I love uh, the kid at tight end, Dawson Knox. I just, they have a really good defense. I just really, I like them because I know the style of football they're going to try to play, right? And it's going to be a lot of run heavy, run with the quarterback kind of stuff. So I really like what they've done. So my wild cards in the AFC, I'm going Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Who are your NFC division winners? The NFC, let's see here. I'm going to take Green Bay to win the North. I like Minnesota to challenge a little bit there, but... I'm going to end up with Green Bay. I got Dallas in the East, Seattle in the West, and I took New Orleans to win the South. Not a whole lot here. Just I think that those are the best teams in the division, and I think that they're going to prove it throughout the year. So So I have Dallas winning the East. I have Seattle winning the West. I have New Orleans winning the South. Those are all three the same as you, right? Yes. The only difference that we have there is in the North, and I have Minnesota. I Similar to Buffalo, man, and this has been going on for the last couple of years. I have this love affair with Minnesota. I don't, I don't know why. I really like Dalvin Cook. I really like Kirk Cousins. I like Thielen. You know, I just, I, I like that team. I think they have an identity. I really like teams that have an identity and they kind of stick to it. That's one thing that you know. I don't want to make this about the Browns. We're like the Browns never have an identity. You know, like they're just kind of like oh, we're just going to try some shit and hope it works. <laughs> But I like teams that kind of establish who they are and stick to it. Obviously, there's some changes on a week-to-week basis, but you kind of know how Minnesota's going to play. They're going to come out. They're going to try to run the football. They're going to – you know, Kirk Cousins can win you a game. So I really like Minnesota. Who are your NFC wild cards? With the wild card, I'm going with Philly and Tampa in the first two. And then that leaves me with two teams fighting for that seventh and final spot there. I, put, I, go, I went ahead and put San Francisco in over the Rams. I really like the Rams this year. I like them to bounce back a little bit. I just, they're in the same boat as Houston. You know, they start out against Dallas at home, their home dog. Then they go to Philly and then to Buffalo. So again, that's that, that's that stat. You start 0-2, 0-3, you start to find a little bit of trouble. So who are your wild cards? Philly, Tampa, and San Francisco. There's not three wild cards in the NFL. Yeah, there are. That's why I thought it was funny when you said the who. There's how three. is there – how does that – there's six teams. There's six teams that make the playoffs. Not anymore. Since Starts when? Right now. Oh. Oh, I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck? Okay. I guess I haven't been paying attention. So let's talk about only, this. Only one team gets a bye. That's right. They did that, – that was done at the owners' meetings, right? The CBA, yeah. And I think we talked about that shit. Shoot. So, fuck, I'm going to go back to the AFC, and I'm going to say that I like Indy as my, as my third wild card in the AFC. So, we're going to go Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Indianapolis. And then in the NFC, I have Tampa Bay. I have Green Bay. Ooh, 
and I guess I'm going to go San Francisco. Mm, there I, you go. I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I, I think it would probably come down to San Francisco or Atlanta. No Philly. No Philly for me this year. No playoffs. No playoffs for the, uh, the luckiest team in the land. I just I think we're gonna, they're going to be exposed for who they really are. You know what? I, I hope that Carson Wentz, nothing but uh, well wishes for health this year. I really want him to go 16, play 16 games again last year or ne- this year. He played six, uh, 16 games last year. He went 9-7. and seven. So I think you'll see something similar, probably 8-8-ish. Eight eight uh, that team – you know, we'll see. But my three wild cards, I, I never miss an opportunity to say something bad about Carson Wentz. I feel kind of bad about it actually right now. But no, you don't. Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and San Francisco. Before we get into AFC, NFC winners, championship game winners, let's talk about who you think the MVP of the season is going to be. I'm going to go kind of out on a limb um, because it's a team that runs the ball a lot. Um, it's just definitely a quarterback award. I'm going to go with Russ Wilson. I think that they're going to win 12, 13 games. They're going to be a high seed, and I think that they're going to look every bit as good as they are. And I think I'm going to go with Russ Wilson to win, uh, to win the MVP. I think they're going to let him throw a little bit more. Maybe I'm silly to, to fall into this trap again. You see it on Seahawks Twitter, let Russ cook. So hopefully they let Russ cook this year and really open up that offense. It's Russell Wilson. I don't think it's even close. I think this is the year of Russell Wilson. All right. I think it's the year of Russell Wilson, and, and my, uh, my playoff predictions are going to reflect that. So let's get into playoff predictions. Who do you think is going to play in the AFC Championship game, and who do you think is going to win it? So I ended up going chalk here, but I didn't get there in a chalky conventional way because, like I said, I, I do have Pittsburgh as the number one overall seed getting a bye. I do have them losing, however, to Baltimore in that second round. I got Kansas City versus Baltimore in the AFC Championship game. And I'm going with Kansas City to make it out of there. Just too much firepower, too much everything. Just there, that team is just loaded. Who do you got? I got Kansas City playing Houston. <laughs> Houston. I, I for some reason I don't know why. Similarly to how I just said, I think this is the year of Russell Wilson. I think in a much more smaller world, it, it's the year of Deshaun J- uh, Watson in the AFC. You know how I feel about him. I've always loved him. I loved him coming out of Clemson. I am a huge Deshaun Watson guy. I think if he can stay healthy, that team can go far. So, you know, and look, it's going to depend a lot. If David Johnson ends up being – he's never going to be who he was that one year in Arizona. But if he can be a decent decent contributor, they'll use him in the passing game. They got four or five decent wide receivers. I think Will Fuller – God, Will Fuller has to stay healthy. But – if Will Fuller can stay healthy and, and some of these other guys can contribute, Randall Cobb's getting a little long in the tooth there, but I like him. So I, I just, I, I think you're going to see Baltimore. I, I just, I keep saying that I think there's a lot teams. I am not a Baltimore fan period. And it has a lot to do with the fact that I have biases associated with a lot of things that happened in my childhood that I'm traumatized by, but that's just the reality. I'm just not a huge Lamar Jackson guy, so I just don't see them. I see them exiting early. I have finally come on board to Kansas City, Pat Mahomes. I mean, I I think he's probably as good as any quarterback in the NFL right now, probably. So 
I'm going to say Houston and Kansas City, and I'm going to pick Kansas City to win and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl for the second year. Who do you have in the NFC? The NFC I have, which I think is the best team in the league, New Orleans making it through after getting a bye, and I have them facing Seattle. So I got Seattle versus New Orleans, and uh, I really, really wanted to take New Orleans here. But like I said, Russ, I think, is going to win the MVP. I hate to say it, Saints fans, but bad things just seem to happen to you guys in the playoffs. I don't necessarily think that'll be the case this year. I, I think Seattle just beats them. But uh, so I got Seattle and Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Who do you got? I have Seattle and New Orleans in the NFC Championship game with Seattle winning. It's the year of Russell Wilson. Similar, similarly, I thought last year was the year of Drew Brees. So I attach myself to these guys. You've said it. It's a quarterback-driven league. I like Seattle. I like they just brought Josh Gordon back too. I mean, Josh Gordon is your third wide receiver uh, or, you know, maybe fourth wide receiver, right? I mean, that's not, that's not too bad. So I like, I like them. I like Will Disley at the tight end. You know, he got hurt last year, but I love what they do. Their defense is anchored by Bobby Wagner, who is probably the premier linebacker in the NFL right now. So, and they just traded for the best safety. And they just traded for Jamal Adams. So, you know, I really like Seattle. I like what they're doing. So I'm picking them. Who do you – so you have – Kansas City and Seattle. You have – in the Super Bowl? Yeah. You're okay. not listening? I'm more focused on me. This is when we'll get, this is when we'll get the, uh, the disagreement here. Yes, uh, we will. Because we have the two best quarterbacks in the league, Kansas City versus Seattle. I think it's going to be an – it could be an awesome matchup there. Uh, just the contrasting styles – the way that Kansas City just wants to put points on the board. They want to score 60 points a game. Seattle wants to control the ball, even though that they have a quarterback that can put up points. But uh, I really, really thought about this long and hard. I was really lean in Seattle, but I decided to go with the best quarterback, and I'm going with Kansas City to repeat as Super Bowl champs. When's the last time a team repeated? Uh, what, Denver maybe? It's been a I long think, time. I think, no, I think New England did. New England won three in a row, didn't they? No, 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 no. They won like. Three, two. Or I think they, they won, won three out of three five, and four, maybe. three and three and four, three. But and they five, did win two early two thousands. Yeah, they did. They did win two in a row. You're right. I think they beat Carolina and Philly back to back. Maybe, possibly, uh, because I don't think they won the one the next year after they beat the Rams. So anyway, I'm going Seattle over Kansas City. I for all the things that you just said, I think you hit the nail on the head. The ball control offense. I think they're going to come out. You know. Seattle would win the toss and take the ball and then go on like a nine-minute drive in the first quarter, right, just to kind of set the tone there, slow things down, keep keep those track stars on the, on the sideline, let them cool down a little bit. I really liked Seattle this year, so I'm going with Seattle to win the Super Bowl. Love it. So now let's talk fantasy. This is something that last season we didn't talk any fantasy at all. I've been harping on you that I think we need more fantasy talk. Let's you've do been, it. You've been reluctant because you're not very good at fantasy football. Which well, that's just not true. I understand. I, you know, when I'm not good at something, I generally don't like talking about it either. Let's talk fantasy football. We're not going to go real in-depth here, guys. I mean, I think we're going to name a few names of guys that we think are being taken too high. We're going to name some guys that we think there's a lot of value with. 
We're going to start talking fantasy every week, though, and we've kind of been tossing around some ideas about how we're, we're going to do it. We're probably going to give you, like, streaming ideas for, like, defenses and kickers and quarterbacks and stuff like that. I don't think we're going to get too in-depth in our weekly fantasy football I can, talk. I can say I will never recommend a kicker or a defense to you. but yeah, I will do defenses because I am the king of streaming defenses because I do not like to draft defenses high at all. So, anyways... Let's talk about the guys that are being drafted too high. So one guy we mentioned was, um, you mentioned he's never going to be the same as he was in that year in Arizona. It's uh, David Johnson. It's being taken 44th overall. I, I think that that team's going to have to throw a lot. I think that they're going to be down early in games. I don't think their defense is very good. Now, he does have value as a receiving back, but uh, – you know, he just his legs just looked sapped last year. He did look like a completely different guy in Arizona, and I just think that's too high. Uh, the next is Mark Ingram, who's being taken 41st overall. Look, I like Ingram. Look, I draft with a zero RB strategy, whereas I'm not looking to take any kind of running back within the first four rounds. I try and go five or six if I can. Um, unless I have a top three pick at that time, I'm taking, you know, one of Christian McCaffrey. This year I'm taking McCaffrey or uh, – Zeke, Zeke, or Saquon Barkley, but if I'm not have, if I don't have one of those top three, four picks, I'm not taking a running back. I'm not, and I'm not going to mess with it until till later rounds. By the way, when I texted you last week and I said I got the number two pick, should I take Zeke or Saquon? Mm-hmm. The guy with the first pick took Saquon, so I obviously you got took, CMC. Oh yeah, so I took McCaffrey. Anyway, nice. I, didn't, I didn't talk. You had a baby, so we didn't have time to bullshit <laughs> about that. And then, uh, but like I said, I like Mark Ingram. He's he's a good target for for zero RB, hanging around that fifth round. And then uh, Todd Gurley, just not sure what what they're going to look like. He's t- he's going thirtieth overall ahead of both of those guys that I already mentioned. And it just I don't really see it. I don't know. The guy has arthritic knees and. Uh, was in one of the best offenses for running backs last year and couldn't really do much. So I don't see how downgrading offenses is gonna is gonna work out for him. What about you, Lamar Jackson? ADP eighteen. That's a deep position, man. There you can get guys deep. There is no reason for you to take a quarterback in the second round. Period. I don't care unless it's one of these leagues where you get you know six points for a touchdown. You know super weighted towards the quarterback if it's just a standard scoring league there's no reason for you to take a quarterback in the the second round so or not even pat mahomes so i'm just a guy where i'm looking to take quarterback five fifth six round tops oh i don't even look to like the 12th yeah exactly you know what i mean i just last year i took baker mayfield in the fifth round in all my leagues and and i learned a very very harsh lesson there so i think someone uh, warned you about that you did no you did long story short I don't. I listen to you usually not. So, so Lamar. Yeah, well, I do win sometimes, but it's usually (laughs) by luck. Uh, I pick up like guys on the waiver wire. Uh, Lamar Jackson is my first one. ADP eighteen for all the reasons I just talked about. AJ Brown, uh, wide receiver number nine. I thought AJ Brown had a great year last year. I thought Tannehill was able to take take advantage of him. He did a lot of like catch and run. A lot of yaks for him. I don't know if that happens this year. I think if if you're taking a wide receiver 
a top 10 wide receiver guy. I think there's a few other guys that I would like. I, I think that like Stefan Diggs and Thielen were right behind him on the ADP on uh, PFF. And uh, I would rather have both of those guys. So I think AJ Brown's a guy that's being taken to high. And Joe Mixon, man, like I have never been a Joe Mixon guy. ADP 11, he's running back eight. I would put Joe Mixon on my do not touch list. I would take, you know, if I had an opportunity to get Joe Mixon in like the third or fourth round, I'd probably take him. Obviously, he's not going to be there. But those are those are the three guys, Lamar Jackson, A.J. Brown, and Joe Mixon, I think are being taken way too high. On the flip side of that, who's some guys that you think there's a lot of value for them that are being taken in the lower rounds that you think there's an opportunity for them to be major contributors this year? So this is not necessarily too low. I, that's not how I did this. I did it as a guy that if you can get them here, you know, where they're going, you know, hop on it, jump on it. I think that they're good values. And uh, I'll start with um, Jarvis Landry, who's going 86 overall. I think I that he's going to, I think that he's going to hog targets. I think I he'll, love it. he'll get a ton of targets in this offense. You know, if you look back Minnesota's offense last year, I believe Thielen, well, last year Thielen was hurt, but uh, the year before I think Thielen was on, had 130 targets. Landry's going to be in that neighborhood this year. And uh, he, he projects as a borderline wide receiver too, and he's being taken like wide receiver 30th. So as that, uh, I, I, would, I, would, I would jump all over that. Next, I would take A.J. Brown. <laughs> he, uh, like you said, he projects as, uh, I, had, I, I saw the projection at wide receiver 12, which I think is, you know, not much room for improvement there, but I think that he's perfect right, right where he's at. I've seen him slip a little bit. He's going 43rd overall, and I think that he's going to cash out at that. Uh, you know, I want guys that, that have the yak. I know it's, it's not always great, but I think he fits in that offense good. And like I said, he's going to hog targets. And then last but not least is Allen Robinson. He's 33rd overall. He's a borderline wide receiver one. Take the Trubisky discount. Foles is going to be in there. Foles feeds his best target, and that's without question Allen Robinson. The guy's just a monster. Unfortunately, he's played with Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles his whole career. Unless he's lined up on the left side. If they <laughs> line him up on the left side, he's fucked. Hey, take 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 the Trubisky discount and just suffer through it for the first couple of weeks till they put yeah. Foles in there. No, I agree. My guys that I think are being drafted a little bit too low, first and foremost – I don't have this guy in any of my leagues yet, but I love him. And if it if I had an opportunity to take him, I absolutely would. It's Kenyon Drake. He's running back 13. I think that that's a guy, especially in like a PPR league, they're going to be throwing him the ball. He's going to get carries. He's going to be featured. There's just going to be an opportunity. I think he's going to score a lot of points. So I really like Kenyon Drake. And my wide receiver that I think is being drafted too low, I was going back and forth between Jarvis Landry and this guy. Everything you said about Jarvis Landry, I agree with. But Tyler Lockett at wide receiver 20, I think that he's being a little undervalued because people like DK Metcalf. Not to say that I don't think DK Metcalf's going to have a great year. Russell Wilson loves throwing the ball to Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett's going to get a lot of balls thrown his way especially with the emergence of DK Metcalf that's going to help him to be open more. He, you know, he's a yak guy. He's a high, high catch guy. So in PPR leagues, you're going to see a lot of points out of him. And we talked about quarterbacks. Drew Brees is QB 10. That's a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. Drew Brees is a guy that you can count on like clockwork every year to be a top four, five, six guy 
or in that range. So I think that you can wait. You don't have to take Lamar Jackson. You don't have to take Pat Mahomes in the, in the second round. You don't have to take Russ or Kyler Murray in the, or Deshaun Watson in the third or fourth round, right? You can wait till the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th round and get a guy like Drew Brees or even Aaron Rodgers, who I know you're way down on Aaron Rodgers, but to you know, have Aaron Rodgers in the 14th or 15th round when he was down on him necessarily. But yeah, I mean, that's a guy that I'm probably targeting because he's available right. late. And t- people are, for whatever reason, they're, they're sleeping on him. So those are my three guys, Drake, Tyler Lockett, and Drew Brees. Now, we're going to try something new here. We're going to incorporate a game. I guess, it, I guess we'll call it a game. It's going to be a contest that Luke and I are going to – it's a head-to-head contest. It's our NFL team challenge. Luke's going to tell you the rules and everything that we're going to do here. But basically, it's going to be a point – a point system that you get for different things. And we're going to keep track of it over the course of the year. It's going to be interesting. So talk to everybody about the rules and and everything. So we'll give some updates and stuff throughout the season. And uh, I will say that the the scoring is slightly borrowed from another, another podcast, but we uh, we're going to be taking teams that we think are going to make the playoffs. We're each going to take seven teams here and we're going to keep track of it. This is the point system is one point per win, five points for making the playoffs five points for reaching the divisional round, 10 points for reaching the conference championship, 10 points for reaching the Super Bowl, and five points if you win the Super Bowl. So with that said, I think we should just go ahead and get started. And we, prior to the show, we predetermined the draft order. This is going to be snake style. Yeah, I'll be taking the first pick. Luke won the, the coin toss and got the first overall pick. So go ahead, my friend, and take who you think. I'm going with the Saints here. You son of a biscuit. So you're going with the Saints, huh? Yeah, I I figured you wanted them and I I know I do want them, you I know that I have some I have some teams I have some teams on my list. Actually I had one team on my list ahead of them, but I had a feeling that if I had the first pick, I'd take them, and I might still have a shot at, at getting my team. You on, uh, will. As a precursor to all these picks, I'm going to utilize betonline.ag. If you go to their Instagram page, they put a, the most current odds for Super Bowl teams right now. So I'm going to use them as sort of a, as a guide in a lot of this, and I'm actually going to pull that up right now. Well, my number one team, it's Seattle. There's, there's no question. So obviously for all the reasons – that I said, and I got to go, I got to go with the chiefs. I mean, if, if I have an opportunity to get the two teams that I think are going to be playing in the super bowl, then I'm going to go ahead and take them. And I, I thought you were going to take the chiefs. So I was yeah, hoping I, <laughs> I could get Seattle, I, new Orleans. I figured I could, um, I figured I might be able to get the chiefs on the way back. So I decided to go with, with new Orleans just yeah. because I yeah, cause you, cause you wanted to hurt me. Well, 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 maybe I, maybe I got a little too cute here. You got the guys, you got both teams that we both picked for the Super Bowl. So yeah, I know. So let's see here. Coming back, uh, I got two picks coming my way, yes. and they're both in the AFC North. I'm taking Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I figured that was going to be, and that's good because I don't want either of those teams because I hate them both. Doesn't mean anything, right? You shouldn't be picking these with your heart. You should be picking them with your head. So that's probably why I'm going to lose this. Hey, I think you're off to a good start. I bet you do. I'm deciding what I want to do here. All right. What do I want to do? So the Saints, the Steelers, 
the Ravens, the Chiefs. Yep, those are the five teams that have been selected. <laughs> okay. Don't get smart. <laughs> I'm going to take Tampa Bay, and I'm going to take the Cowboys. Yeah, that was the last team that I really wanted was Dallas. Next two to you, my friend. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to take this team, but I know that you're not going to. That's what I was just thinking, too. I'm like, what teams is he not going to take that I like? I don't know. I got my eye on Philly, so you might want to scoop them up if you if you like them. Nah, I got. I, they're the, they're my highest team rank left, but I don't think you're gonna take them. I think you're bluffing. Okay, I gotta pay you back for that Saints pick. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, let's see here. This is not how I expected this draft to go. <laughs> I don't think you expected me to take Kansas City. I didn't. I didn't. Right. Look, I'm 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 coming along here. Okay, I'm going. I'm going with New England. That's one that I wanted because I love Cam. I love Cam this year. And ah, fuck it, I'm taking Philly. All right, two to you. I'm gonna take the Colts, and I'm gonna take the Packers. All right. Went to Green Bay, but I wasn't dying. Um, I'm going to take San Francisco, and I should take Houston just to spite you, make you pick. Actually, you wouldn't. You, you would just take the Browns then. <laughs> now I'm taking Tennessee. I just I think that they're going to be better this year. I'm not taking Houston. You taking Cleveland? No, I'm taking Buffalo. Oh, you got duh. You've been talking about Buffalo this entire show. I like Buffalo. So, wait a minute. You took – wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. You took San Francisco and who? Uh, Tennessee. So, who's your last? That's it. No. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you have the Saints, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Patriots, the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Titans. Yes. I have the Seahawks, the Chiefs. The Bucks, the Cowboys, the Colts, the Packers, and the Bills. And we will give weekly updates and we will kind of talk about the direction and maybe we'll maybe we'll throw a little mix in there, a little a little wrinkle in there where we can at some point take a team out or something, swap out a team or something. We'll talk about it. This game's gonna develop over time. So you got anything else? That's it, man. As always, pumped for football, baby. I'm I'm super pumped for football. As always, find us at WC Sports Pod. We are not on on all your social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're available on iHeartRadio. We're available on uh, TuneIn. Uh, so we're available anywhere you want to find us. And as always, we're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, number one podcast network for professionals. 321 shows now. When we started, they only had 309. They were up to 317 a couple of weeks ago. Now they're up to 321. There's a stable of former players and local media personalities. Find out more at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. Also, we're brought to you by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action. Go there now and receive your welcome bonus with your first deposit. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Bo Brown, somebody suck me. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube